You're listening to Women in Wellness, a program to help you create gorgeous growth for your blissful business and health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gabby, holistic health expert and founder of Women in Wellness, a one-of-a-kind course and community designed to empower and inform you about how to build a purposeful and profitable business. And we have an awesome guest today. We have Marsha Shander. Marsha is a storytelling coach founder of yesyesmarsha.com. She shows coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs how to make instant emotional connection with their dream clients through both storytelling and effective networking. She's also the organizer and host of True Stories Told Live, Toronto's biggest storytelling show. Hey, Marsha, how are you? I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Down. You're the next contestant. <laughs> I'm in a I very briefly worked in a table dancing club where I would have to DJ. And so I'd say, gentlemen dancing for you on stage now, this is <laughs> Vina, standby show Coco. Coco, you're next. And there was one, there was like a bunch of different clubs and there was one where we had to do that, where we had to like introduce all of the ladies, but I would run out of adjectives because I'd be like, and please welcome the gorgeous Coco and the very sexy Davina and the lovely, I had, I had beautiful, sexy, lovely and gorgeous. And that was it. Well, you're all of those things and we're, we're excited that you're here to talk to us about stories and what the heck is a story coach and did you make that up or is that a real thing? <laughs> so I, I, can't, I thought I made it up and then I, and I've since discovered some others. But yeah, if you had sat me down um, 10 years ago and given me pen and paper and infinity time and said, write down all the jobs that exist ever, I never would have come up with this one. I cannot believe people pay me money to do this. It's so fun. It's so awesome. So I, my background is that I was a radio DJ for 15 years on music radio. And, um, and where the stories come into that is I, so I'm Russian, which means that our currency is stories. You know, I call my mom and she doesn't say, hi, darling, how are you? How's Toronto? She says, so I'm in the Gare du Nord in Paris and I see that my train is leaving in two minutes. So I run across the platform. Like we, we only speak in stories at home, but I was always the person where I would be telling stories in such detail that my friends would be like oh god get to the point please and um and then I worked in music radio and suddenly I had to get my stories from 20 minutes down to 20 seconds because after 20 seconds the jingle kicks in and you have to stop talking because someone else is and so it was kind of this real like boot camp for getting really good at editing stories down so not only how can I, what can I cut out, but also how do I get the most bang for my buck within these 20 seconds? Um, but I was doing that just thinking I was a radio DJ. And then I moved to Toronto a few years ago and um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was actually choosing for TV shows at the time, which sounds very sexy and is somebody else's dream job, but not mine. And, uh, and in the meantime, I started up this live show um, True Stories Toronto, which um, I started it in a cafe with, you know, in the audience, the first show, three people came and one of them was my mum, you know, and then the next show we had four, but then it went back down to three. But then within a year, it very quickly grew. I moved venues and suddenly 150 people started showing up to every show. And I was coaching all of the storytellers um, just because I realized that most people need it to tell a 10 minute story. It's quite a long time to hold someone's attention. And in the meantime, I'd started coaching, teaching, networking. And, um, and, I, and because 
as with a lot of um, business where you're, where you're doing, you know, an online coaching business, I'm pretty much selling Marsha as much as I'm selling anything else. It was, it was easy for me to transition when I realized I love the story stuff more than, I still like teaching networking, but story, oh, I'm so obsessed with stories and storytelling and the power that they have. And also just for my job, every single session I do is different. You know, every single, because everybody's story is different. And one of the really, really cool things about storytelling is that when you listen to a well-told story, your brain thinks it's inside the story. So you talk about smelling coffee and my brain will, my olfactory cortex will light up. You know, if you talk about grabbing something, my motor cortex will light up, specifically the part related to hand movement. So I feel like I get to have all these experiences. Like just in the last six months, I've had a brain tumor removed. I have worked in corporate mining and been like strip searched when I'm coming up the diamond mine. I have run into a black bear face first, like all of this stuff, a lot of which I would never actually want to do. I get to do. So yeah, it's, that's how I became a storytelling coach and I can't believe my luck. You guys, you, you and I are so obsessed with story. I'm the same. I told you, I think that we have moth events here and we have a live story Miami thing here. And I've been writing and performing stories. And I know for myself where I started, which was rambling nonsense, like I was journaling to where I got to after like eight, 10 years of refining and refining now I can tell a story in two, five, 10 minutes that people are like on the edge of their seat, but that's like a, it's like a craft, right? It's like you, you it's, it's, it's something you, and if you can't, if you can't take 10 years to figure out, you know, how to take your personal experiences and do that, then someone like you, I feel like would be really helpful to, you know, tap into your brain and, yeah. and, and condense that process. Yeah, I think people often think with storytelling, it's like, oh, either you're good or you're not. And if you're good, it's just like, oh, natural. And, and we all know those people who could tell any story and they're fascinating. But actually, you know, as you've learned, it's totally a learned skill. And the great thing about storytelling is the rules are the same. Whether you're telling a story about running into a black bear or whether you're telling a story about going to the corner store to buy a bag of chips, the rules are the same. And that's why those people can tell you any story. And equally that's why sometimes you're at a party and someone's telling you a story that you know is interesting in theory but dear god when will it end and but the great news about that is that anybody can learn to be a great storyteller so i've been running my live show for four years and i have and the only stipulation to tell a story is uh, that you've been to at least one show that you're willing to sit down with me and that you want to tell a story i have never turned anyone away i am very firmly of the belief that everybody has at least one powerful 10 minute story if not more in them and i and that i can turn anyone into a good storyteller and in fact one of my clients told a story at the moth in miami brenda barbosa it was so exciting <laughs> it was like one of the most amazing experiences either she or i had ever had because she went to the slam so she just ended up hoping to get in and um yeah, it was, it was so amazing. That was like a real high for me because I'm such a big fan of the moth. And so I to actually, I and I, I love telling stories, but I'm a better story coach than I am a storyteller. And so to have a client tell a story at the moth and she nailed it as well. It was nice. so brilliant. Nice. Afterwards, apparently, and she'd never done anything like this before. And afterwards, the organizers were talking to all of them. And she said, you've done this a bunch before. And Brenda was like, that was my first time. And she went, oh my God. I mean, everybody else, they were narrating their story, but your story, we were there with you. And I was like, that's the best thing anyone could possibly say to me as a coach. 
<laughs> we were there with you. I'm like, yes, that was my plan when I coached her. So yeah, it was awesome. Okay. So the people that are listening to this and the people that I work with are working in health and wellness. They're coaches, teachers, speakers, writers. They're super passionate about health, wellness, fitness, spirituality. I have a dominatrix now in my group who's amazing. Awesome. Yes. Uh, and she's doing adventure coaching with women. Um, how and why does it matter for them to be able to tell a story? So much and so many ways. So there's some science. Uh, I have like one foot very firmly in woo, but my other foot is in science. So I'll tell you some science facts and why it's helpful. But I absolutely love speaking to, speaking to health and wellness people because I feel like storytelling is something that you can use in so many ways. Partly because... Often you're, in a, you're doing a role where there are like a bunch of other people doing that role. So you have to differentiate yourself and you'll have your methods, but your story is such an easy way or your stories are such easy ways to differentiate yourself because no one else has your stories. Even if you're there with your friend, your friend is going to have a different perspective on what happened. So you're the only person that has your stories. So partly because of that, but partly also because often people in the health and wellness have clients or potential clients who are handing over their very scary, delicate stuff. You know, it's a really vulnerable position to go to a coach or to go to, you know, whether it's a personal trainer or, a, or an adventure coach um, and, and, and show up with everything because you're scared. Are they going to treat it well? And when you can tell stories, it's like telling stories is like the quickest way to get to know someone really well. Um, and the quickest way to get to know if someone is your kind of person or not. You know, I feel like often I've heard like certain stand-up comedians or even just like dudes at parties tell stories where they tell the story brilliantly and it's so funny and so well told. And I really enjoy listening to the story and I think I never want to be friends with you. <laughs> and, um, and that's cool. Like I feel like one of the great things about storytelling that I've really found as a coach is it brings your guys to you. I do a lot of, you know, 20 minute chats with people and I've never had a 20 minute chat with someone or a consult or, you know, when I'm out at conferences and meet people who are in, I call it the yes, yes family, um, in the yes, yes family who I haven't thought instantly like, oh my gosh, I totally want to hang out with you. We would have so much fun. And that's, and that's, you know, it's nice because it makes working with them fun. It also makes selling to people fun. I think often people in these roles, and I was one of them, come in never really having sold anything before. And, and, and especially when it's health and wellness, there's often this tiny bit of you at the beginning that's like, oh, is it ethical to charge someone money when I'm <laughs> healing them? You know, when, whereas actually like, yes, it is because you can't heal anyone if you can't pay your rent. And, um, and when you really get on, when you draw your guys to you, when you're having sales consults, it's not so much you being like, please buy my stuff. It's you saying, I totally want to hang out with you. We should hang out. This would be so fun. And that I think is such a powerful thing as well in terms of, you know, building loyalty with people. And so often, again, these are personality-based businesses that people are kind of buying time with you in particular. And so they, that's another way to differentiate yourself is like, what kind of a person are you? So for example, with me, I'm really silly. Like if you look at my website, I'm just making stupid hand gestures. Almost all of my videos, it's like me in wigs talking to other versions of myself in other wigs. 
And that's what I find funny. And my guys find that funny, but there are for sure people who look at my website and look at my videos and are like, who are you, you weirdo? I don't want anything to do with whatever this is. And that's great because I do not want to be trying to sell to those people. So it's good for those reasons. There's also so much cool brain stuff that happens. So I mentioned earlier that when you tell a story, if it's told well, and by well, I just mean you use detail and you talk about how you felt in that moment. Um, that's basically, by the way, if you listen to nothing else that I say all day, Gabby, just that detail. What did it look like? How did I feel? Just keep answering those two questions when you tell stories and you'll be golden. Um, so our brain, if our brains are like functioning the same way, if I'm having the experience, if my brain thinks it's having the experience that you had, that's really powerful connection whether that's online or in person. Secondly, if you have some tension in your stories, which putting in emotions is often the way to build tension, then the reader or the listener's brains will release dopamine, which um, we know makes us happy, but also it helps with memory and it helps with information processing. So it's really good when, when you teach, whenever I teach networking, I always make sure I drop in stories because I know I want people's brains flooded with dopamine so that they'll be able to learn better what I'm teaching. Like, I don't give them wine. I just give them stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cheaper and there's no hangout. Um, and then the other thing on that is that then if you, if you can build that tension and, and if you can build that experience where they feel like they're inside your story, then um, their brain releases oxytocin, which we know is the love chemical, but it's also trust. It builds trust and happy side bonus. It makes people more generous to everyone so like you're making them better people um and then the other thing is just in terms of making decisions we always base our decisions on emotions always always you know they've proven this over and over again we think it's rational and from our brains but usually what happens is we have an emotional response and then we kind of you know reverse engineer justify it like oh no no i really need this toaster because this will be a better one for my kitchen and it'll fit but really we just want that toaster and so you know, with storytelling, again, it's the quickest way to influence someone's emotions. And again, it's not going to be in a Machiavellian way. You know, you're not, you're not forcing them into something that they don't want to do, but you're just helping them make that decision. So there's so many different ways. And there's so many different places as well that entrepreneurs in health and wellness can use stories. You know, with me, it's like every week in my newsletters, I'm telling stories on my blogs, when I'm doing consults, when I'm teaching, when I'm coaching, I'm constantly using stories. So there's so many different places in podcasts, in like this, I started off with that story of me working at the table dancing club, which, by the way, was had a really lovely atmosphere. It was something I like. I was really surprised. It was really, I really it's enjoyed. Very it. classy. It was very classy. Yeah, it was. It was. The girls would be, um, the girls would be fined if they were caught allowing the customers to touch them. They'd be fined two hundred pounds. That was like ten years ago, so it's probably worth way more. Anyway, so so loads of different places that you can use stories. Okay, yeah, I'm hearing you saying a million things that you can connect with the clients, that you can you can figure out whether or not you're a good match. Like, is your style and your story is that a good match for them? You know, I hear you saying that it can differentiate you, like it can set you apart from the marketplace, which is in wellness is super crowded now. It wasn't mm. twenty years ago, but now it's super crowded, so it can set you apart. All that I'm wondering as you're talking, how to extract the right stories or how to extract story at all. Cause I hear like in my coaching, like a lot of times I'll hear my clients inadvertently, accidentally telling me a story about like, Oh, and yeah, I worked with my client this week and she said this, this and that and had this and that breakthrough. And then they'll say, I don't know what to do in my social media. And I'll say, you just told me <laughs> this fantastic story. 
and you don't know what to do in your social media. Like you just told me the story and they're like, oh, yeah. like it doesn't naturally occur to them necessarily that they're living in story hmm. and that they are unconsciously telling story. And so how do they tap into that or know even what their stories are? So that's kind of, I think, one of the biggest myths about stories or using storytelling is people think that it's all about narrative and that exciting things have to have happened, that it has to be, you know, you went to Alaska and then you flew in a helicopter and then you dangled above the bears and then you nearly died, but you didn't in the end. But actually all of that magic that I talked about, all of that brain magic happens in the small moments. So when you're telling a story, you're making a movie inside someone's brain. Movies made up of three different things, action scenes, montage, and voiceover. So in terms of stories, that's how much detail you go into. So action scene would be, um, I took a trip to Europe, we visited eight countries. You know, it gives you some vague idea of what happened. I was there with a friend, but you don't really have any pictures. You have to do a lot of the work yourself. Montage is little flash bulbs of pictures. So saying, when I went to Europe, my friend Catherine and I took the train. We traveled for a month. We looked at the Queen in London. We drank red wine in Paris. We walked the streets of Berlin. Um, so that's little flash bulbs of pictures. But then action scene is getting really granular. That's the thing I talked about earlier where I was saying, what does it look like? How did I feel? So it's saying, I'm standing on the subway in Paris and this woman steps up and I realize she's coming to speak to me and I grip the pole tighter and my stomach goes into a knot because I think I don't speak any French and then in perfect English she says I'm terribly sorry you seem to have dropped your 200 euro note so it's that level and that's where all the brain magic happens and so actually what I'm doing especially when I work with um, people like coaches who are using these stories in blogs and in um, newsletters and that kind of thing all you're really using is action scenes you don't need a lot of narrative in there and so everybody has stories because everybody's living we could tell a story about this interview you know and about how it started off and I started talking about you know introducing ladies at a, at a lap dancing club you know we could talk about the fact that you're in Miami or that you know anything like anything anything it can be tiny stories because it's about how you tell the story not about the content of the story um you know I could say to you oh so I went to the North Pole and I saw some wildlife it was so cool and then me and the scientists had this massive party. It was so fun. And I met this guy. He was really interesting. And you're like, okay, sounds like you had a good time, but like I super didn't have a good time just now when you were telling me. Or you can say, step out of my front door. And as it closes behind me, I feel that excitement in the bottom of my stomach. And I stick my hand into my pocket and the money is there. This is going to happen. And straight away, you're like, what's going to happen, Marsh? <laughs> and what's going to happen is I'm going to go to the corner store and buy, buy a can of soda. But I just am really excited about it. You know, and so it's engaging people. And so what you want to use is just little action scenes. So as a quick example, I wrote a blog post a few months ago about um, Black Lives Matter and what I've learned that I as a white person need to be doing um, about, about racism. Um, because like most white people, I was like, I don't use the N word, I'm not racist. I think uh, you should just racism. make a, a commercial where you give a policeman a... Gosh, <laughs> I know, I don't think I was quite that <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows that reference, but there was a certain soda company that made a, yes. a certain commercial that was not very <laughs> successful. <laughs> Um, yes, and got panned for it, rightfully. Anyway, so I wrote a blog post about the different things that I'd learned I had to do. And I wanted to start with the story, but I don't have any stories about experiencing racial prejudice. So instead, I told this story about, it starts off with, you know, me and my four-year-old niece are sitting in the bath together. And she says, I'm going to marry daddy. 
And I say, well, by that logic, you could also marry mummy. And she says, no, no, there has to be a mummy and a daddy. And so then I explain, no, you can have two mummies and you can have two daddies. And then I said, as the queer lady, I've been talking to the kids in my life about LGBT issues for years. I haven't been talking about race. I've realized I need to. Here are some other things that I've realized. So that story no one is going to make like a Tom Cruise action movie about that story. You know, me and my niece are in the bath. She says, I'm going to marry daddy. I say, you can marry mommy. Then I explain like what being gay is. But it's that action, like, you know, it, it draws you in. You know, I talked a bit about like swishing the bathwater around her. I talked about her facial expression. I talked about how I felt, you know, um, so it engages you in that way. You know some stuff about me now. You know that I am close to my niece. You know that I'm the kind of person who's like, close enough that I'm going to have a bath with her. You know, that I'm also the kind of person that tries to like educate her on political issues when she's four, which is when you need to start. Um, and so, you know, quite a lot about me just from that little action scene. So everybody has stories because everybody has action scenes. We're living in the action. <laughs> We're constantly exactly. living in the action. Exactly. Um, okay. We can't talk all day, even though I would. So for practicality purposes, what's it like to work with you? Like, do you, do you take all different kinds of clients? You mentioned like the person that doesn't like silly is probably not a good fit. And yeah. like, can you say a little bit about the process? Like, do you interview the person? Do you stalk them? Do you follow them around? Do you just take baths <laughs> with them? Like, what? <laughs> you're like, we're scheduling our bath for yeah. 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, inappropriate. <laughs> I don't have a lot of boundaries. No, I do really. Um, no, what happens is we do, we usually do three sessions, sometimes more if we need one, but the first one is two and a half hours um, always. And that's what I call the excavation session, which is pretty much me. If it's working on one story, it's me like digging into the story and really getting all of the details out. Or if it's me working on their stories in general, then that's where I'm pulling out, you know, trying to find action scene, action scene, action scene. And often, even if we're just working on one scene, I'll pull out as much information as we can. We end up only using like 1% or 5% of that, but all the rest is recorded. So then that person like has a ton of action scenes. I also now help people work on their talks and I'm doing a similar process where it's basically we spend the first two and a half hours kind of digging around the talk. What is it you want to get out of it? And then me asking questions, pulling, pulling, and then... And then I'll put together a structure and I give that to the person. So I don't write it for you ever because it needs to be in your voice. So I put together a structure and then send the person off and they go and work on that and then send it back to me either um, spoken into their phone or written. And then we jump on and I do any kind of tweaks and, you know, softening and sharpening that we need to. And then another round of that usually. And um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really fun process. And as I said, like the rules are the same. So any story you're working on, you're working on all of your stories. That's why it's really fun. And in terms of who I work with, it means there's a real breadth. Um, yeah, as you said, like the personality type is very solid as <laughs> someone who like is happy. I've got two clients I'm working on their talks and both of them had had a speech coach before. And they said, I used to end every session feeling like I'd been beaten up. And I was like, that's no good. <laughs> I said don't worry you'll end our sessions like laughing um, I promise you <laughs> being excited and laughing um, so yeah it's, it, as long as you're like happy to be silly and to laugh and the fact that I make a lot of jokes as you may have noticed then <laughs> those are the kind of people that I work with okay so if people wanted to do that or wanted to see some of your silly videos do they go to yes yes Marsha is that the best place so to them? 
I made you a secret web page and I'll put on there a link to some of the storytelling and the brain stuff we talked about before because I think it's so interesting. Um, and I'll put up a link to a story. So if they just go to yes, yes, Marsha, which is M-A-R-S-H-A dot com forward slash Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, then you'll find a special secret. I want dancing ladies on the site. Dancing ladies, okay. That may be beyond my There's like dancing ladies when they get there on the site. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> oh my goodness, Marsha. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and telling us your tricks and tips about storytelling. We, we're really grateful. We're so happy to have you here with us. You're welcome. That was super fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can join the Women in Wellness Club at women-in-wellness.com.